Let's pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. And all of God's children said, Amen. Amen. Jake Knapp always felt that his iPhone was always taking his attention. For him, it was kind of an occupational hazard. You see, he worked as a design partner at Google Ventures, so he had to have his phone with him all the time. But in 2012, when his smartphone addiction started to encroach on time with his children and his family, he decided he needed to do something. So he took what some would call the radical step of deleting every app, every application that distracted him. He took Twitter and Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, all of those off of his phone. He said it was a huge relief. Although he thought it would be a short-term experiment, all of those applications have remained off of his phone for over six years. Sarah Lawrence, who's a graphic designer, decided to make her phone experience unpleasant as well. She said, for two weeks, I used my iPhone screen in color. And for the next two weeks, I used it in grayscale which is designed to be irritating. She found that the grayscale reduced her usage and eliminated her scrolling aimlessly when she just was looking to kill time. These two folks are examples of technology addicts who've tried to break a smartphone addiction. They dumped a lot of phone usage to take back their brains, so to speak. We hear a lot about technology addiction. People often rant that they need to unplug to regain their sanity. Such an approach would seem to match the message from St. Paul, where he challenges the people to eliminate distractions and focus their attention. Verse 2, For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And Ned, you did a good job with that reading. I know Paul is not always the easiest one to read out loud. As, as we in these days have a passion for a whole lot of things, including our technology, Paul shares his passion for Christ and the cross. Instead of a smartphone, in a sense, the cross is a smart cross, if you will, because within that cross, within the image of that cross, is the wisdom of God. At first glance, it would appear that living a cross-shaped life means that we have to unplug from everything and focus entirely on Jesus, but that's not necessarily true. Yes, smartphones can be distracting, but they also can be tools to help deepen and expand our faith. All you have to do is look at the number of Bible applications that are available, study tools available through smartphones and even on iPads. One of the apps that I use regularly when I'm driving is something called Pray As You Go. It's a 15-minute devotional with scripture reading, with prayers, with questions to help you focus, and at the end, there's a prayer. It's helpful because we don't always have that time in our busy world to be able to do those kinds of things and sit down and say, nope, I've got to move on to the next thing. That helps me to focus. So we're not advocating in any way, shape, or form that you go out today, 
and smash all your smartphone devices in order to live out your life of faith. The Apostle Paul himself was a master communicator. He spread the message of Jesus in whatever ways he could. And it's hard to believe that if Paul could be dropped into our world today, that he wouldn't have a smartphone in his hip pocket. But that's not the point. The point is that it was the cross in all its wisdom that held Paul's attention, and that's the message he offered to others. We need to be clear that Paul did, in a way, distance himself from the way in which the world pursued wisdom. He says, I didn't come preaching in a lofty style. Instead, he spoke simply. He spoke plainly. Most importantly, although what he said was foolishness to the Greeks, it actually was the wisdom of God. We know that the Corinthians were sophisticated people, and Paul knows that as well. Being residents in this Roman city in Greece that was cosmopolitan, it was intellectual, it was prosperous, it also had its seedy side as well. If iPhones had been available, they would have had the latest versions of them, I'm sure. If Twitter had been invented, you can only imagine the tweet storms involving members of the Corinthian church like Chloe, or Crispus, or Gaius, or Stephanus. But Paul did not insist that the Corinthians abandon their cosmopolitan lifestyle. Instead, he begins in a humble way saying, when I came to you, brothers and sisters, I did not come proclaiming the mystery of God to you in lofty words or wisdom. Paul says, I came to you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. He came in humility. He came in his vulnerability. He opened himself up. There was no boasting. He said, my speech and my proclamation were not with plausible words of wisdom, but with the demonstration of the spirit and of power, so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on the power of God. That's the heart of Paul's approach to his message about Jesus keeping it plain and simple so that the people of faith might rest entirely on the power that God gave through the cross. Paul knows that the message about Jesus wasn't being flashy as something like in a pop-ups on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram. Certainly this message that he shared wouldn't go viral based on some clever talk or some marvelous brief tweet but Paul intentionally avoids the sophisticated language of Corinth, speaking instead only about Jesus Christ and him crucified. It's a method and a message that we need to hear, and we need to employ that message today if we want to demonstrate the wisdom of what we call that smart cross. The messages that we've been given is Christ crucified and risen, that message may appear crazy or stupid to many, but to us, that message is the power of God. The method we are to use to make that heard far and wide is to live as though that message is true, which we know that it is. Christ on the cross is God's wisdom, according to Paul, secret and hidden, which God decreed before the ages. None of the sophisticated rulers of the world understood this. Because Paul says, if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. 
But we as disciples of the Christian community can understand it. Because these things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. Because the Spirit has been given to us. We have the ability to understand what Paul is saying to us about Jesus. About his life, his death, and his resurrection. We no longer have to be distracted by all of the flashes and buzzes of our devices. We can, according to Paul, speak of these things in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual things to those who are spiritual. So it's okay for us to keep our smartphones, but let's embrace the one who can help us gain control of these devices or anything else that tries to bind us or preoccupy us or divert us or diminish us or even enslave us. With the Spirit of God in us, we can understand the wisdom of what Jesus did on the cross. He bore our sins in his body on the cross so that free from sins we might live for righteousness. That's what Peter shares. Paul's words to the Galatians, he gave himself for our sins to set us free. Paul again, God reconciled all things to himself through Jesus by making peace through the blood of his cross. And from the Gospel of John, looking toward his own death, Jesus said, And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. And again in John, and he did it to show us how much he loves us, saying, No one has greater love than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. That's the wisdom of God. That's the wisdom of God through the cross. A cross that brings us forgiveness, that sets us free that reconciles us to God, brings us back to God, that draws us to Christ and shows us just how much he loves us. This wisdom comes to us through the Holy Spirit of God. Eugene Cho, a pastor in Seattle, is convinced that technology and social media are making significant impacts around the world and that there is a place for them in ministry. In particular, he believes that churches should be, these social media platforms should be used by churches to communicate the message of the gospel in various ways, whether it's print, whether it's blogging, video, Twitter, Facebook, whatever it is, looking to mobilize the faith community for awareness and action and causes and convictions. It allows us to connect with church members so that communication is a two-way street in a church community. It allows us to build relationships with our neighbors. Cho writes, and I quote, In a world today where walls are constantly being built, technology and social media helps us to create windows by which neighbors, the city, and the larger world can look into our lives and the life of the faith community. I think it's safe to say that, along with Pastor Cho, all of us here are keenly aware that a smartphone is not our savior. And it never will be. Sure, technology and social media can enable us to connect to our context, our culture, and the world around us. But they are not the most important aspects of our leadership or our church ministry. At the center will be the message that Paul proclaimed that we need to continue spreading today. Jesus Christ and him crucified. A faith that rests not on human wisdom but on the power of God. 
and things not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit. As one writer wrote in a commentary on this passage, God is to be known primarily in the preaching of the crucified Christ. The good news for us today is that the message of Jesus never needs an upgrade, like your smartphone. We'll never need to wait in line for the latest technology. Instead, the sacrificial death of Jesus is part of the eternal wisdom of God. And his gifts of forgiveness and eternal life are available to everyone, as Paul says, who believes. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, Paul says. What God has in store for those who love the Lord. In a world of smartphones that need regular replacing, God gives us the smart cross, the place where we can see his wisdom, the hinge point, if you will, of history. It points to Jesus, to his life, his death, and his resurrection. It reminds us that forgiveness is in the blood of Christ. It is an unmistakable symbol of incredible sacrificial love. So I encourage you to go ahead and delete those unwanted apps on your phone if you need to. Turn your screen from color to gray. Turn off all of your notifications. But hang on to Christ, the eternal wisdom of God revealed to us through the Holy Spirit. Let's get rid of those distractions. One of the things that I've done lately, besides turn off a lot of notifications on my phone, is in the evening... I leave my phone on the dining room table because then if I need to, I get up to answer it. If it doesn't ring, if it doesn't go off, it's still out there. I'm not reaching for it next to where I sit in the living room. I just leave it out there. That takes a lot of hard work to break the habit of having that right there in your hand. But remember, too, even though it can be distracting, there are ways it can be used to also feed us and to feed others. You might not have a smartphone, but we all have computers. We can figure out ways that we can use those to continue to reach people in the name of Jesus Christ, to share the wisdom of the cross, which is the power of God to others. Amen. I'm not sure how many times Paul actually said it in that scripture. I'd have to go back and count where he talked about the spirit of God. But because of that spirit, we have access to God's wisdom through the cross. So we come together to sing our hymn, Come Holy Ghost, Our Hearts Inspire.